When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. What is going on, Belly Up Sports fan? It's your man, Parker Andrews, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast for teachers, grade sports, biggest issues. We've got a long one today, so I'm going to be really, really short before we dive into an NFL preview with special guest Ryan Rodriguez. But first, our lone gold star. This week, our lone gold star is going to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie frequently gets detentions in this segment, but we're going to give him a gold star for reconnecting with his roots and doing some great charity work with the indigenous peoples he closely identified with. Kyrie's mother was a descendant of the Standing Rock Sioux, and so Kyrie himself went to visit the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation last week. Shout out to Kyrie for digging into his roots, continuing to find himself, and as always, helping others out. All right, like we said, it would be really, really short in the intro because we have a long, long episode this week where we dive into each NFL division and preview their level of intrigue. Yes, that's right. We're not necessarily talking about how good they are or necessarily predicting winners, but we are going to look at how intriguing each different division is. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, we are joined today by one of Belly Up's newest writers. <laughs> Is that yeah. yeah, great? I think one, still one, one of the newest. Article. One, one published <laughs> article so far. Uh, Ryan Rodriguez. Ryan, how you doing, bud? Doing good, Parker. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Ryan is education adjacent and has been on the show before once as a guest. That was like a, almost a year ago now, maybe closer to nine or ten months ago now. But Ryan's here to talk more NFL football as we preview the NFL football season. And Ryan and I are going to sit down and talk about football a little bit differently because I think everyone's looking at the season and being like, oh, I love this division because of this on the field thing or this or that or like talking about who's the best. And we're going to break down the NFL as a fan or as viewers. We're going to look at what is the most intriguing or how intriguing are the different divisions. Ryan's a West Coast guy himself. 
I'm a Southern guy myself. One of our divisions is much better than the other. And so <laughs> with, with that said, Ryan, talk, tell us a little bit about yourself. When I say one of our divisions, who are you a fan of? How have you been watching football? How's football been for you? Um, so I grew up a 49ers fan. And uh, I, I got to say, I've kind of moved away from that as I've gotten older. Probably in the last five years, I've become one of those uh, weird sports agnostic type fans. Uh, but I, I love I love football and for me, I guess when I'm watching the game and who intrigues me the most, I look at on the offensive side of the ball, teams that can be like really exciting, uh, whether it be via playmakers or scheme wise. So gravitating obviously towards watching the Chiefs, uh, watch a lot of them, watch the Ravens, um, Buffalo this last year, the Packers, those kind of teams. And then on defense, those real physical get in your face uh, coverage wise. Uh, defense so you know going back legion of boom so back when i was a niners fan I, <laughs> I i never was one of those ones that like hated legion of boom simply because watching their defense was just for me like an invigorating experience so it's like man you can't you can't really hate uh, hate when that's happening so so watching defenses that that carry themselves with swagger and um and really get in your face players like that too like tyron matthews one of my favorite players uh just for that for that reason um so that's usually when I'm looking for intrigue, those are kind of the things that I'm going to gravitate towards uh, as I'm finding things out. Well, and that Seahawks rivalry was extra interesting as a Niners fan because you're also a big Marshawn Lynch fan, right? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was uh, my my conflicts of interest there were just were just torn, and I, I mean, Niners fans would be going, I mean, saying everything they could bad about the Seahawks, and I'd just kind of be sitting there in a corner, like, well, I mean, like. I can't really do that. Like I, I love Marshawn. I love their defense. Um, I'll, I'll talk about uh, talk bad about Russell Wilson with you. That'll be a, that'll be one thing. Um, <laughs> I, I, even though I respect his game, I don't, don't miss a minute to hate on Russell Wilson, but uh, yeah, with that Legion of boom and, and Marshawn there is like, I really want you guys to win the Super Bowl. Marshawn, I want you to get a Super Bowl MVP. So, <laughs> And he can swag out on the cart. Afterwards. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so let's start with the NFC West. Ryan, give us based on intrigue your grade of the NFC West. I gotta get I give him an A. Solid solid A. I'm also sitting at an A, so let's break that down for a sec. What what do you see as these big we both gave it an A? What do you see as these big important things to watch in the NFC West besides the plethora of talent? Because obviously there's a bunch of talented football teams. Um I mean, I think the number one thing is just the competition within the division. So one of the biggest intrigues to me was you look at a lot of other divisions and it's like, you have a clear cut number one, and then some teams like fringe teams battling for playoff spots and then bad teams The the NFC West top to bottom, like their third and fourth teams are going to be just as good as all these other divisions, second teams. Um, like you said, the talent, I mean, they have three quarterbacks for sure that uh, definitely move the needle. You have the Rams, defense that's still very strong but lost lost some things in the secondary especially and are they going to be able to kind of keep that up but will the adding of Stafford kind of offset that uh San Francisco who obviously went to the Super Bowl two years ago had a bunch of injuries last year that just completely derailed that what where how do they bounce back what's their QB situation going to shake out like uh you know is their defense able to recapture some of that magic they had in the first half of their Super Bowl season when they were top one or two defense in the league or, you know, they've lost some defensive linemen. Their their corner situation is all turned over from them. So how do they step up into that? Because they're definitely expecting to be challenging once again for a top spot. So those, so those are kind of the things I'm looking at. And lastly, the Cardinals, very interesting on offense. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, Kyler, no, that's fair. 
you know, Kyler's very, very, very good. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, is going to be on your short list for best receiver, you know, definitely right in that in that top five. But my big question mark is honestly Cliff there. Yeah. And I just the the you would think coming as an air raid background from college, like they're gonna be able to sling the ball around all over the place. Their offense pass offense is gonna be super explosive, but it's really been their rush offense that has been been explosive in the two years. And their pass offense, I think, has held them back both from the strategy wise and um, some limitations that Kyler does have. And I kind of think it's a little bit of a make or break year for Cliff. Like if they're under 500 again, I could definitely see them looking to move on from him. Yeah. So they had the big Hale Murray that we all remember from last season. And I think people kind of forget that they then fell off. Like they lost a lot. Yeah. I think they may, maybe lost like, or won one game the rest like of the year four to close. Um, it was a bad, bad finish. They really kind of underperformed after that. You could argue that was overperforming, right? Buffalo was really great. They came back and beat Buffalo, but they it underperformed after that. I'm interested on the Cardinals. You didn't mention they added Captain America, JJ Watts and the Cardinals now. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh. If I already said about Russell Wilson, the same thing stands for JJ Watt. Um, I mean, is JJ Watt going to be healthy enough to be like, super effective it's a nice splash signing for um i don't want to hate on casuals but a little bit for for casuals to uh <laughs> to uh, to get hyped on but i just don't i just don't know if jj watt is like you know moving the needle enough like I, i'm more interested honestly in like buddha baker taking the next step and you know how how that can help um being a a movable piece on defense and what what uh advantages you can take from him being able to kind of move around and do all that stuff so yeah, I mean JJ Watt solidifies some stuff. I they do they still have Chandler Jones? I feel like they I think that is up in-, in the air. Like you're asking that as a question, but I think that is still technically up in the air. He was not very happy with them, but yeah. I don't think he's officially moved on yet. Um I mean JJ Watt being on the opposite side of Chandler Jones, yeah, he's not gonna get as much attention now. Chandler Jones is getting more attention. So could JJ Watt take advantage of that and uh, you know, get closer to, you know, is he a high pressure in ten to twelve sack? guy this year that'd be that'd be a good year for him um that would be i mean that's yeah, a good year yeah, yeah. And, and and at this stage of his career it wouldn't be a great year what he's been in the past but if they're getting that that's probably pretty solid production um for him on that front the the other intriguing storyline i see with the nfc west and why i had them so high and you haven't mentioned it yet so i have maybe it's because i'm living in dallas but obviously matthew stafford signing in L, or being swapped to la change the scenery for him frankly, change under center for them, you know, does that culminate in some big blossoming victorious championship type parade down the streets of Los Angeles? Or is that just like more of the Matthew Stafford experience? And I don't know if you've heard this or not, but he and Clayton Kershaw were very good high school friends. That seems to be reported everywhere with this I, guy. I actually didn't know that. That's, that's surprising. <laughs> were they in like Highland Park or something like that? I think is what yeah. it's called. <laughs> um, no, I think the, the Stafford uh, addition for the Rams is is kind of one of the things they're banking on losing some losing both their defensive coordinator and some talent on the defensive side is Stafford coming in for Jared Goff and upping the play there you know opening the playbook a little bit more to some you can do a little bit take a little bit more chances because you're not so worried about everything having to be on time where Jared Goff you know Jared Goff gets off timing and it it deteriorates pretty quickly where Stafford doesn't seem to have that issue so what does that allow McVay to call that is different and maybe make this offense more explosive. Um, you know, and Stafford working in an offense that already does create a lot of big plays. 
through you yeah. know their through their different sets through their condensed formations their motions thing, things of that nature they have Deshaun Jackson um, I mean I'm really excited for <laughs> for some Deshaun Jackson Matt Stafford you know 60 plus yard touchdowns even attempts at it uh, so <laughs> I, I think you know I yeah I, I mean th- those guys you can barely throw it farther than than Deshaun can get to and and Stafford's got a cannon so I think that that will be fun is it going to would I foresee it uh culminating in a, in a championship I think for the NFC West it's a, a little bit of beating up on yourselves um and you know I, I don't see any of these teams getting that one first round by now I think that I think that matters in the it's playoffs interesting we'll talk about a different division near and dear to my heart later where the teams are all fairly even this one they're all fairly even and fairly good like someone's yes. going to miss the playoffs from this division mm-hmm. that's a good football team uh, yeah no because I don't see but there's three wild cards now. I don't see all three. I just don't see how that's really even possible record-wise. They'd have to, frankly, beat up on – they'd have to go undefeated outside of division, exactly. right? Like, like all three of them would have to go. And that just doesn't seem likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked much on the Seahawks, and we're both very high on this division. I know he's a vo- very boring person, <laughs> but I do enjoy ro- watching Russell Wilson play Definitely. football. Like, that. Like yes. he is exciting to watch, right? Yeah, oh, t- totally. I mean – like I will hate on Russell Wilson with the best of them about his personality, but you throw that guy on the field and I mean, he's got, a, he's got a horseshoe up his ass, how he plays like all the, but after a while, it's not, it's not luck anymore. Like he just is able to, to make those plays that kind of defy, defy logic sometimes. And it's like, I mean, he did it again and I kind of expected it. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's keeping them in the playoffs, you know, barring, some a bunch of injuries on on the offensive line maybe or the defense just going straight to hell uh you know russ is i mean he's the best quarterback in this division i would say kind of by a good margin and you know a top three to five quarterback in the league so right it's not even a knock on the rest of the division like unless kyler makes some big jump that i don't anticipate happening this early in his career right like i think that that's just russell wilson's spot yeah what do you think as a uh, we'll say a reformed Niners fan before we move on. What do you think about their quarterback situation, right? Because Jimmy G was good enough to get them to the Super Bowl like less than two calendar years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they draft Trey Lance, right? They move around and go up and get him. Da, da, da. There's a big controversy there, I guess, in the draft. Um, and Trey has some throws, like the one across his body in the preseason, that are like tremendous. And then he has some other like very mundane numbers, right? And so... I think that's intriguing, and I think that added to my score here because do they put in Trey Lance midseason? What happens to Jimmy G? Is that a trade deadline type move to someone? Like, if someone goes down, are they trading for Jimmy G midseason? Right? I think there's intrigue there. You're the former fan. Do you see the Niners as interesting, or are they kind of the odd duck out here? I think the Niners are are very interesting for what what you said there. Uh, for what I was saying earlier about you know can they just bounce back from last season, the last season of hell? last year and can get back to this. Uh, I mean, what, they're the one seed two years ago. So can they get back into that realm? It, uh, I'm, I will say this. I, the only thing I know about Trey Lance is I saw like a couple highlights um, on Twitter and then I saw his stats and mundane stats. Definitely. I think like one game, he was like five of 14. Right. Uh, like, you fine. know, I mean, for Jimmy, I've never, I was never that impressed with Jimmy, he's kind of like a higher end version to me of Jared Goff. Again, someone when things are on time, it look it can look pretty damn good. The moment things start getting off timing, it becomes. I mean, you're lo- you're at, you're looking at a lot of turnovers, 
And it really probably depends on the defense and where Kyle feels and the, their new defense coordinator, where they feel that defense is. Do they need a spark that obviously Trey Lance is going to give with just his overall athleticism that, that just adds a different element to, um, to the game. And it's not like Kyle hasn't coached a uh, very, very athletic rookie quarterback before. Oh yeah. He coached RG three to RG three's rookie rookie of the year. Now I don't think you can really compare passing wise Trey Lance and RG three. It seems like RG three was, was more uh, developed, but, Kyle creates a lot of open, a lot of open windows. It's kind of like in the same Andy Reid type role where you and Bianami, where they're they're just creating mismatches, utilizing their playmakers, um, and adding Trey Lanson in that mix. Whew, and having a bunch yeah. of open receivers to hit, being able to throw the ball to George Kittle and just let him just stiff arm people out of the way. Um, yeah. it, it would be a pretty comfortable spot to slot in a rookie quarterback. Um, but I got to say, and this is going to be a total cop-out, um, but this is my coach side coming out, is like, if I haven't been watching him, it's tough for me to, you know, especially in <laughs> practice, really say what what to do. Because it, I think from the outside looking in, it's a tough decision. Like, you can yeah. go both ways. Garoppolo's not that. No, uh, and he was he was good enough, right? Like, yeah, bluntly, exactly. He was good enough. Yeah. They, you know, it, if, it actually, if he hits the deep shot right before halftime, I guess they maybe win the Super Bowl, and that could yeah. maybe be a knock. But truly, truthfully, he wasn't the reason they lost. No. And I, I kind of see it honestly a little bit akin to the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation. And, you know, Harbaugh ended up making that move to bring in Kaepernick middle of the season. And, but he had been doing, you know, little gadget, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, we'll call it wildcat for lack of a better term, because he was coming in to do, predominantly run the ball. And, you know, so maybe that's, kind of the thing but and then we saw what the Niners offense did from Alex Smith to Colin Kaepernick and just adding this dose of playmaking at the quarterback position you know through especially through through his legs that it's very tantalizing for a coach it's like man when you have a running quarterback that is one of the greatest gifts ever it it adds a guy that the defense has to account for in coach talk right like it's Typically, because the guy's a sitting duck back there throwing the ball, defenses have 11 on 10 in a lot of ways. And when the guy can run the ball, it's 11 on 11. It just changes mm-hmm. the math up. Yeah. But Speaking. It's, oh, I was going to say, last thing on that flip side, NFL, though, you still got to win from the pocket as a quarterback. Yeah. If you're, you know, and and that's where I just don't know with Trey Lance. I don't, I don't know yet where his level is there. So that would be the question. Completely. Uh, speaking on quarterbacks, we're going to dive into our next division. The AFC North, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. If the last division had four very good teams, I'd probably argue this one has like three or three and a half. Ryan, what's your grade on intrigue in the AFC North? I gave them an A minus. So just a hair below the uh, the NFC West. Yeah, I think we both hate Cincinnati just as a chili sponsor and as a football team. I also think I'm like at an A minus B plus if the last one was an A. So walk me through an A minus is still a very high grade, Ryan. Walk me through all of the entry you see in the AFC North. First thing you touched on, three teams that I think at the very least we think are vying for playoff position. Out of that, we have, I would argue, two teams that should have legit conference finalists aspirations, if not Super Bowl in the Browns and the Ravens. And so kind of the same thing as the NFC West is just alone the in division battle to get that um 
get the division crown, at least be able to play two home games. I think that I think those are going to be big incentives, and there's a lot of intrigue there. Um, the Browns, you know, obviously, shoot, in our lifetime with the, the second iteration of just perennial losers. And, right. you know, two years ago, they fell on their face when they were getting hyped up, and that was pretty funny. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, I, I love, I always, I always love a good fall on your face. So that, that was funny. But then last year they actually lived up to what people thought they could be and, you know, lost to the Chiefs, which is, which was a better team for sure. But there's no reason that they can't be the same type of team this year again, at least as they were last year. And I think that coupled with the Ravens, you know, for the last two years being, one of the best teams in football. I think that's, that's pretty inarguable. They've, you know, I think in the last two years, they've lost like six games or something or seven right. games, you know? So, right. I mean, they're, they're consistent, you know, say what you want about the the playoffs. Yeah. They've had uh, a couple bad performances. We've seen other teams do that too in a two year sit in a two year span. I, I don't think that that uh, says much about going forward that they can't do it. Well, and it, everyone said about the chiefs and Andy Reid until, it, they did, until they did right it. like exactly exactly they always they're always knocking you until you do it and then it's like none of that stuff mattered before so right um so i think those two teams i mean yeah they're they're probably gonna be disappointed if they don't make the conference championship game and they rightfully should i think uh the steelers good defense probably regress a little bit right what does their offensive line and and ben roethlisberger have to say i think it that comes down to them being like a uh legit team and not one that the, not the team that we saw in the second half of the year where it's like we see all of your flaws and we're watching them come to fruition one at some point there's going to be the ben roethlisberger swan song right like at some point it has to actually be time to hang it up frankly it could have been a while back and we're going to look at this like oh why'd you come back for another one the quarterback play across this division is interesting obviously you have lamar who is like a very unique dynamic quarterback there's not a whole lot of guys like him in the nfl and that's exciting and intriguing, right? Because continually we're told guys that play like that cannot make it in the NFL. Unanimous MVP. He or wins all the football figured games. Out. Right. Um, so far he yes, it, so far he has not been figured out. Only certain types of guys have been figured out, but Monty Jones had a great bit on that like last week or the week before. I was listening to that one, yep. <laughs> um, Cleveland also, you talk about swagger, like is there a guy that gives more middle fingers to than anyone than oh, <laughs> Baker Mayfield? I mean, no. he's planting flags at midfield. He's like pumping his chest. Apparently, he lives at the stadium. Like, <laughs> like I, you no, got no, Apparently, I last I checked, he did. <laughs> right. Like, I, there's there's just a lot of fun stories there and fun football to watch. But as much as it's about the quarterbacks, there's an old school feel in this division. It's a couple teams that run the ball hard and a couple good defenses and like that combination also feels lost in like a very air raid sense. It's not like the air raid in the way that mm-hmm. Cliff ran it at tech or Mike, Mike Leach ran it in college football, but it is like but an air, air raid, raid era of shoot. football. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're pinging the ball around. Yeah. Actually one of the things I put down uh, intrigue for me is uh, the Browns defensive line. So obviously you have miles Garrett on one side, who is clearly one of the dominant pass rushers in the game right now, bringing in uh Jadavian Clowney, who is I think it's safe to say he never lived up to what, what was hoped hoped for, but still a very good player that uh, while limited, if you're, if he's your second best pass rusher and you're able to maybe utilize him moving around the defensive line to get certain matchups that accentuate his um, skills. Actually Mina Kimes did a great thing on this last year about his lack of bend, but how good he is going against uh, guards and stuff because it's just straight line to the quarterback. Right. So being able to utilize that stuff as with your second guy 
you know, in a passing league, if you're dominant on the defensive line and not having both run and then not having to bring pressure to get, to get pressure, you know, or added guys, couple that with the run game. I mean, that is, that's why I think the Browns are sustainable as, as crazy as it might seem. And as good as Clowney was supposed to be, I weirdly think being the second best pass rusher is going to be great for him. Um, I felt like part of his deal was always he had trouble with doubles. He had tr- right, and now you've got to go double Garrett. You can't double both of them, right? Um, and Houston tried to use him as an outside linebacker, which I think was an ill fit as well. Yeah, he's um, just he's stiff. He, he like he's, he's yeah, I mean, he, like he's straight line and, and power and everything. That's why he's such a good run defender. Because right. it's not as, as right. much about Ben. It's about holding at the point of attack being explosive. So so yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there that the the Browns look I mean, they, they look like a consistent team. You know? Outside of bashing their chili, we haven't mentioned Cincinnati. And I think it's worth noting that a year ago, had he not gotten hurt, there would have been talk at this point in the year about can Joe Burrow be rookie of the year? And those kinds of things. Uh, he was playing well until he got hurt, right? Then he had the bad knee injury. He's supposed to be back, been back at practice and so on. Is there any intrigue in Cincinnati for you? Or is it just kind of like they're not going to win a whole lot of games? Probably the latter. Uh, I, I actually, I think my, my only note was on, on them was Zach Taylor. It's, pro- it's probably make or break for him because they've been like bad, you know, even yeah. and granted, you know, say what you want. Uh, Joe Burrow got hurt last year. That's not maybe not going to help you out, but they've been bad in his two, two, three years there. And, and not to mention some, I think it was last year with like Carlos Dunlap and some other players being very unhappy with what's going on. So they have another bad year, whether it's fair to judge, you know, Burrow coming off that, that injury. Um, is it really fair to judge him in his first year back? I think for Zach Taylor, it's going to be a little bit easier to judge him if they go what would it be? It would be four and 13 now because we have a 17 game season. <laughs> uh, I know I got to, I got to remember that extra game. Uh, like if they go four and 13 though, which again, like we said, they could just get beat up by the other three teams. You know, they go one and five in division like that. All, I mean, your records, your record's not going to be good then, you right. know, no matter, no matter what. And, right. and so I think probably for him, it it's a big year. And then, I mean, yeah. Intrigued to see if Joe Burrow, like how Joe Burrow comes back from from that injury, for sure. And then as far as intrigue and fun guys to watch, you know, we talked about the swag of Baker Mayfield. Juju Smith-Schuster and Pittsburgh has some swag in his game, too. You know, hopefully he's doing touchdown dances and not just dances on TikTok. But we'll yep. see how that goes, right? Like, I think that there could be some fun stuff there. It's another very talented division that at least, I think, two playoff teams come out of. Yeah, unlike you, easy. Yeah, I, I don't know that a third does. We'll talk some more about the AFC as we go, but you might squeeze a third out of it, which is just wild. They, which they did last year. Yeah, which you is know. just wild. Um, so any, anyway, I think it's a very talented, talented division. <laughs> Moving right along here, jumping into our next division, talk about talented quarterbacks and some swag. This is a little bit more old school on the swag, I want to say. Maybe that's just my own biases towards the NFC North, but... As you look at the NFC North with Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota, what's your grade on the intrigue in that division? C plus. <laughs> oh, C plus. I'm probably a little higher as a at a at a B, uh, maybe a B minus. So not a lot higher, but I think I am a little bit higher. Ryan, you gave it a C plus. Talk to me about why. What's the thought on a C plus for the NFC North? 
Okay, so if you probably after talking in the first two divisions, you can probably guess that uh, a big part of the intrigue to me is just how the division matches up, uh, and in, in, in terms of who's battling for the division title. So because of that, I just think the Packers are better than than everyone else. So that like drops it down for me on on that front. Um, some other things, the Lions, I'm not really interested in all at all in the Lions. They don't they don't intrigue me at all. Sounds like they've had kind of a rough preseason. So man Campbell must not be eating kneecaps well enough or teaching the team how to eat kneecaps. So uh, yeah, they're just, they, the, the lines don't do anything for me. Um, and so it comes down to the other three Vikings and the bears. The bears QB situation is interesting. Uh, it's, it's kind of like that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, except I would say Andy Dalton has never, reached anything in the last couple of years that Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> has. So I think it's even harder to justify playing him. Uh, not to mention we got the little salty comments that, that he had that I'm the quarterback right now, a couple, couple weeks ago, uh, Justin Fields telling people not to boo him and stuff. So you, so you got this, this whole little thing that is, that is and, definitely interesting. In third chair behind it all is Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Oh, I can't do it. No, get him out of here. Get him out. I'm so yeah. I know he's still salty about it. Boohoo, Nick Foles. You've had like one good season and then a couple like part time good runs. But uh, uh, yeah, no, he can kick rocks. <laughs> no, I, I mean I want to see I want to see Justin Fields. Uh, I, on, I admittedly didn't watch him like too too much in high school or in college, and then I watched. Um, for, for my own podcast, we did uh, some a QB breakdown. And so I watched like three games of Justin Fields play. And I was like, damn, I did not know this guy was such a, how good of an athlete he was. Just right. like how fast and quick. And so like we were talking about the very beginning, things that just intrigue me in general, he's the type of quarterback that I'm just like, I want to watch him play. It's going to be fun no matter what, you know, good, bad. Otherwise it's going to be an exciting time. So that, so that's interesting for me. The Vikings, um, I kind of actually think they're a high variance team. Like I could see them slotting in at what would it be like 10 and seven or 11 and six, you know, kind of recapturing the magic of a couple of years ago, you know, uh, when Zimmer first got there, I think like two years ago, they beat the saints on the road in the playoffs when, you know, made it to the second round um, as annoying as Kirk cousins can be. He is, I mean, he's still in the top 15 probably of quarterbacks. Yeah. And, top half. Yeah, I I will say if he has to play from a Pope mobile because of COVID, that's going to be interesting. Well, I, it, it's going to be. I mean, it, the the throwing to me is going to be the, the most difficult part because whether he's he's in that or like if he's playing in like some sort of uh, enclosed case, like where does it where does it allow for ball trajectory? <laughs> the snap just bounces off the front. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, the, like whoever would be the engineer for that should get paid double because that would be quite the contraption uh, to allow him I, to keep playing. I think this is I think the reason I'm a little higher in this intrigue is I enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers play football. And so like I'll probably turn on a lot of Aaron Rodgers games this year. So so I and that is by I mean, I put down Rodgers tour de force. Seems like it's <laughs> gonna be his last year in Green Bay. Seems yeah. like he is the exact type of person that would really want to uh drive the <laughs> drive the nail in about like, <laughs> yeah, look what look what you're letting go next year. Right. Uh, right. So and then he got his best friend Randall Cobb back, so that's just going to boost his. <laughs> boost his Why was that such a deal breaker? <laughs> anyway. I don't. I don't know because he's he's the exact type of person that also wants to drive the knife in. He just is. He's a little petty. He's 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 got a little bit, a little bit of that. That uh, I think so for him it was like, yeah, I'm going to flex my power on you. We're getting Randall Cobb back. 
Okay. <laughs> that that is that's what's gonna really make me feel good. Watch um, Randall Cobb's gonna have some like big catch in the NFC championship game. Oh, I hope not- so. I hope so. And, and Rogers <laughs> is gonna flip off the box where uh the board is because it's not the owners, but the, right, the, right, the board right. of, of the Packers. So yeah. I'm still always going to watch Aaron Rodgers games. Uh, I think their offense again is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if their defense can, I think their defense needs to tick it up a notch for them to really feel strong about the Super Bowl. But then again, I don't see any like dominant, dominant team in the NFC. So, and really in, in the, in the league, there's nobody I think that you can pinpoint as like, Oh man, I, I just see them as a clear cut favorite. So right. yeah, the pack, I mean, the Packers are a Super Bowl contender. As long as you have Rodgers and a competent defense, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. So that alone, um, I think, honestly, for me, that's probably what made them more intri- – this division more intriguing is just Rodgers, Rodgers alone. Yeah, I was high on Rodgers. You mentioned the quarterback controversy in Chicago. Um, I, I liked watching Fields at Ohio State, and so I'm hoping he has a good run in Chicago. I'm interested in like how big of a dive bomb is this Jared Goff experience about to be in Detroit? Obviously, we just talked – a lot about you know quarterback play in other places we talked a lot about his uh predecessor i guess who's now in la and when they swap whatever but jared goff is frequently referred to as just like how much can he listen to mcveigh he's processing as much of what mcveigh gave him as he can and now he's got man campbell (laughs) so dan man campbell so i don't know how how that's going to translate and that's entertaining to me it's not going to be good football (laughs) I mean, if, am I gonna am I gonna lie and say I might not uh, hate watch a little bit of a, a a Lions game or or watch it just to get the lulls out? Uh, I, 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 like Aaron Rodgers, I could be a little bit petty. I'm not I'm not beneath that. Just like you, and sometimes it's fun. <laughs> that that I think is why I'm so high on them. And then we mentioned Kirk Cousins playing in a potmobile, whatever he has to have. That's gonna blow up. Like if I'm a Vikings player that has done all the things I can do to be as safe as possible and whatever. And my starting quarterback's going to miss two weeks because he goes to the wrong birth, wrong little kid's birthday party or something. I'm going to be livid. <laughs> like I'm going to lose it. Like that something could really blow up there. So there's like a second, like or third eye I'm keeping like out mm-hmm. looking at the corner. Yeah. No, I one. think, I mean the Vikings and I mean, Mike Zimmer's notoriously been a really good defensive coordinator. So again, like, like I said, high variance, like they could, you know, let's say, let's just say, still say Kirk's there for, for 15 weeks. Okay. Let's say he does miss two weeks, but the defense is playing really well. Uh, again, I could see him as that like 10 and seven, you know, battling for one of those last, you know, two, three playoff spots, the wild card spot. But I could also see the defense just not being able to recapture all their magic and, uh, and cousins having a bad cousins year, you know, them <laughs> having, them having to rely on Dalvin cook so much, but it's like, okay, the, the, the running back, having a great year is not necessarily changing your fortunes very much. And so then they could be another six and 11 type type team where it's just like, they'll play some fun games because they do have talent, but they're just not able to put it together into, you know, winning at a consistent level. Right. No, I agree. The NFC South, you mentioned in our last sec- segment that you didn't feel like there was any runaway team in the NFC uh, I, I probably would tend to agree, but if someone was going to disagree, they'd probably point at Tampa Brady, Buccaneers, you know, running it back. I'll, I'll and- do, just before we keep going, I remember last year when they just got Brady and your old co-host, Chaka, was like, the, pe- the, the Bucks are going to win. The Bucks are going to win. And, I, <laughs> and I'm sitting there listening like, gosh, man, I know this guy loves Tom Brady, but like, 
<laughs> slow your roll. Slow your roll. Well, I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. I was so wrong. He was so right. Was um, so we're looking at the NFC South. And if anyone were going to pick an NFC team to do it, it's in the NFC South. Again, I don't know if I pick them or not. What grade do you give the intrigue of the NFC South? I gave them a B minus. So a little bit above the uh, the North NFC North who we just talked. Yeah, about. and so I'm again at, at a B B minus. I kind of felt like it was the same. So you gave them a B minus. As we look at it, you have the Tampa Bay Bucks, New Orleans Saints, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. There's a big variance of talent in this division, um, but it still feels fairly intriguing. Why is that? Uh, I mean, I think you got to start with the Bucks. I think the them winning the winning the championship and then how few changes they have on their roster coming coming into this year which is not not really that normal like usually there is a solid amount of turnover even from from Super Bowl winners and so how especially for a team that played so much better as the season got on or went on it's like was that a start of something and you know they talk about the Arians offense matching with I, they call it the Brady offense. And I'm just kind of like, I mean, Tom Brady's not a coordinator. So what is it actually an offense? <laughs> it always makes me laugh, but, but how, how Leftwich and Arians matched their, their concepts with certain things that Tom Brady does well. And as the season went on, you saw, you saw more example of that and their offense became more consistent. That defense. I mean, they, I know they had a couple injuries too. I, I mean, Vita Vey didn't play during the regular season. He was a huge part of that playoff run. So how consistent, yeah. Um, are they able to, I, I'm always looking at defenses. Can you maintain because defense has higher variance year to year than offense does. And so if the bucks can play the same on defense as they did last year, especially towards the end of the year, and that offense just gels some more and, and learns different things about them, they should be getting OJ Howard back as well. Um, how, how that kind of manifests itself. So yeah, the bucks are, are number one for me, Jamison Lasik down in uh in <laughs> new orleans that that's number two for me i'm, I'm really i'm really happy that Jameis just got named the starter he's uh to me one of the most intriguing quarterbacks in the league it's just an adventure with him uh definitely you know and so you know is he but the big thing i look for Jameis is like is he going to stabilize the turnovers which i'm kind of worried about not that i think he's going to throw another 30 interceptions though if he does please do be very fun to be very fun to track that. Um, but he's still always been a pretty high turnover guy when you mix in interceptions and fumbles dating back to his last year at Florida state and in a precision offense, like the saints have been under drew Brees. What, what kind of the evolution now with Sean Payton and a more big arm risk taking quarterback like James. So that'll, that'll be interesting to me uh, as well. And then the saints defense, I know they had a lot of cap issues. And so are they going to be able to stay at that high level that they have been the last couple of years um, and if they're not, are they even a playoff team then? That'll be interesting. Well, and again, you could very well have two playoff teams out of this division. The, we talked about the West and the NFC beating each other up, right? And that could open up the door for a second or third team. I I look at this and I see the Tampa Bay Bucks not changing a lot and being very confident, uh, for better or worse, right? Uh, I think that you mentioned Vita Vea being such a big part of their playoff run. I wonder if people had film on him playing a defensive end technique to just bull rush a backup offensive tackle. Like that was something no, none of us had seen them do before with him before the the Super Bowl game. And so like, does that necessarily have the same kind of impact if you're like preparing for a 370 pound defensive end all of a sudden? Um, I, I do think their defense is the secret sauce. And I say secret, like with air quotes, it's not really that secret, but if you watch them, the defense, 
Tom has been exceptional in certain games, but he probably should have thrown another interception right before half against Green Bay. He ends up – Gosh, what a swing. Ball oh, got, man. Ball got dropped. He throws a touchdown to play after. Like, that changes that game entirely, right? And if he throws that interception, that was an awful – should have been pick. We're probably talking about him at 43, 44 now in very different light. Um mm-hmm. But he didn't, right? So, like, the yeah, story exactly. of Tom Brady is constantly, but he didn't. <laughs> so, it's it's kind of like Russell Wilson earlier. It's like, I mean, some things just keep happening for guys that, uh, you know, the wide herb effect. The the other intriguing guy you mentioned, and the only thing I'll throw in on Jameis Winston is I am a – I enjoy watching Jameis play football, and I think he gets unfairly treated in some regards to his on-the-field stuff. And I'll kind of leave it at that. I think that his on-the-field stuff, the 30 picks gets brought up a lot. But if he has an eleven pick season, he's probably I don't know if he can do that. <laughs> well, but that so that's his that's his career low on a season. Is he had okay. eleven picks um, in twenty seventeen? And so if he were to have an eleven pick season, and you know he is loose running with the football, so if he has to get on space, he is loose with the ball there too. But that is for what New Orleans is trying to do, or at least what they've been trying to do, a, a win for them, right? Yeah. I also think as far as intrigue goes in these uh, grades, the Michael Thomas story, what happens there, mm-hmm. uh, obviously intrigue, watching Alvin Kamara, always fun, right? Like they're a fun, fun group. What do you think about the Panthers and what they're trying to do or the Falcons, like the other teams at the bad end of this division? Uh, I'll go with the Falcons first. One thing I'm, I am pretty intrigued about is – uh, Arthur Smith, the new the new head coach, and hit and has run a very good offensive system in in Tennessee the last couple of years, and getting uh, a weapon with Kyle Pitts and just just watching what you know kind of how he deploys him. I mean, everything I've seen from Kyle Pitts, like we want to watch this guy play football. He is a right. a physical freak. Uh, you know, can run routes like a receiver and is big enough and athletic enough to. I mean, really, just not that he's a bad blocker but he does a good job of just using body position getting in the way right and and that's all he really needs to do with how good he is at receiver uh you know and then arthur smith loves i mean he was running jet sweeps with johnny smith the tight the titans tight end last year and the the play action game and the things that can that can open up for kyle pitts are like that alone uh i'm i'm very interested to see kind of just what what Kyle Pitts is well, and, looks like. Well, and in a nerding out an X's and O's thing, I think Kyle Pitts is fascinating because with him on the field, you can go from 11 personnel to 12 personnel to 21 personnel, like boom, boom, boom. Like yep. no changes, right? And, yeah, no, he he's this X factor that can line up in multiple positions. I mean, I, like when I used to coach and you were you were going against teams that ran like strictly 11 personnel. So right. but, they're, but they're tied in then. Sometimes he's in the slot. Sometimes he's split out by himself on the backside of trips. Other times he's in line. Other times he's a wing. So it gets at least personnel wise, you didn't, you never got to catch onto any tendencies that way. And so you're not, you're never even really able to make calls based off of, Oh, they're in this personnel grouping or in this personnel grouping. Okay. I can zero in on that because they were in the same. So yeah, you, you bring up a great point with that. And then we, you know, there's a new quarterback in Carolina, Sam Darnold. <laughs> like we we hadn't mentioned him at all. I feel like there is something to a fresh start in leaving an organization that was bad. And so, like, I don't want to just not mention Sam mm-hmm. Darnold. Um, but this is a division I don't think Carolina's got a real shot in, right? No. I, I, I mean, yeah. I can't remember his name. Rule, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, yes. So, he's got he got a six-year contract. So, he, he really doesn't seem like he would be in a rush that, like, we have to figure – like. It, must, it seems much more like of a build than like we have to get something right 
right away. And so I see that kind of the Panthers plan going forward. And, and that's really, I mean, you get Darnold and it's like, you know, we're hoping that it pans out here in his fourth year that, and then we'll see about offering him, you know, contract extension going on, going on from there. Uh, but because of that, I don't see them as a, as really a, a factor. And I mean, I, I think the fact Falcons and the Panthers, things would have to go really, really right for them that are unforeseen for them to be big time factors. On on intrigue alone, I will say like Chris McCaffrey's fun to watch, and so if he can get a lot of little dump offs from Darnold and stuff like that, their receivers, uh, what DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, you know, like he's gonna have more weapons. Darnold is to uh, to utilize for sure than he had in New York. And and I think it's interesting too that uh, for whatever reason, PJ Walker continues to have great preseasons. PJ Walker, former of the uh, Houston Roughnecks, your boy XFL. <laughs> undefeated Houston Roughnecks, I should say, XFL. Yeah, I, I mean, how many games am I going to watch of the Carolina Panthers? I would say if they play the Bills, I'll watch that because my girlfriend will have that game on. That, honestly, in, unless there's like, I mean, the slate would have to be really, really bad or they would have to have an unforeseen good year for me to throw the to throw the Panthers on, I think. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You mentioned the Bills as we segue into our next division. The AFC East. So the AFC East with Buffalo, Miami, New England, the New York Jets. This is a different shaped division than it would have been when we did this podcast if we did it three years ago, right? This entirely feels upside down with the exception of one team that continues to be on the down. Um, <laughs> yes. As you look at the AFC East, how do you grade this division's intrigue? I give the AFC East a C. A C. So I'm also mm-hmm. in like a C plus range. So I'm maybe a little bit higher, but not a lot. So Ryan, you gave it a C. What is it just because the Bills are going to run away with this and there's not a whole lot? You're not a big Tua guy. You don't want to watch what Bill Belichick does. Like, what are you doing here? Number one thing being, the, I just think the Bills are a the clear cut team. Like, I think it's inarguable. They got the best offense, the best quarterback. Uh, their defense is top 12-ish, you know, so so there's not a, not a huge drop-off there. Um, I, I mean, I am intrigued with with the Patriots and the Dolphins to some, some extent, definitely. I mean, I think both of them have integrated some more playmakers to offenses that were just kind of tough to watch. <laughs> at times last year. Um, and so that, that will be interesting. And then couple that with two, well, shoot, you can't say two quarterbacks. We'll say three, one in Miami with Tua, uh, who at this point is very, seems like more RPO heavy, which isn't creating huge plays per se down the field. Um, and so that makes your offense pretty methodical and a lot, a lot more things have to go right. And then in new England, you have, you know, can cam, bounce back off of whatever ended up happening after he got COVID last year, which was like, I mean, I think he threw five touchdown passes last year. I can't even yeah. believe that's real in 2020. And that could be just his MO, but I think that the fact that it 
was such a dramatic drop off post COVID gets lost a lot. In yeah, I mean, no, his first couple year. games, his first he couple games, fine. he was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember when they went into uh, Seattle? I Seattle, think, week two, yeah, yeah, and lost at the at the very end of the game, and it was, and people were like, "Oh, damn, Cam might be back at like an MVP type level," and then he was out, and then it was just done. And then again, I said I hadn't watched preseason, so I've only seen like a couple Max Jones highlights here and there. Uh, you know, I don't know as as if Mac Jones is ready to snatch the starting position from Cam. I mean, they they both bring very different games to the table, and you know, so how is Josh McDaniels and then beyond that, Bill Belichick kind of juggling that and what you know, what do they want the offense to look like? That would probably be to me a big question or. How they answer that question is going to go a long ways and probably to who's playing quarterback uh, and how they want the offense to function. So that will de- that will definitely be interesting. But I still think like the Dolphins and the Patriots, I don't see them challenging the Bills. So you're again, you're talking about them probably fighting for one playoff spot between those two. One playoff spot. The Bills are head and shoulders above uh, the other teams, assuming Josh Allen has another great year. I will say, I think it's worth mentioning, as I've heard other analysts say, Josh Allen's MVP-esque year last year stands out a lot. And so part of my intrigue is actually, does he regress to the mean or is he just getting better before our eyes, right? I think it's probably the latter. But I, like, think, I, guess, I think it's a great question. No, you're right. I mean, and, and I'm very I think it's probably the latter. And like, we'll see, I guess, as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. But you watch a lot of Bill's games, as you said, with, with your girlfriend being a, a Buffalo person. And so is that like... Is that crazy to me to think that it's got to be him getting better? Like, is there a potential that he drops off a lot? I mean, I think the drop off, not a lot. I don't, I don't, I, I just find it very, very hard to believe you can have the year that he had last year and regress back to what even his second year, you know, like if he ended up back at where his second year was, I mean, the bills are once again, back to relying on their defense to be a top five unit to go to the playoffs. I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, could he drop off? Yeah, he was great last year. You know, yeah. like like playing. In, so it, he could drop off and still be very good. <laughs> yeah, you you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, would I say that it's reasonable to expect him to play better? No, I would say that that would. I mean, again, his last year was truly great. That him being better than that the next year would be shocking if he stabilizes. I mean, if he stabilize, you know, if he stabilizes or drop off a little bit. The Bills don't have anything to worry about. No, and it's and it's I think fair, that's probably where he is. It's a fairly easy division for them to win, I think, on town alone. You mentioned New England. It's weird this quarterback controversy seems to be if Cam Newton is Cam Newton pre-COVID or Cam Newton those last healthy seasons in Carolina, there's no way Mac Jones wins this job. If not, Mac Jones, I saw the stat the other day, was that only five point something percent of his passes in preseason were uncatchable balls. I take with that what you may. <laughs> that strikes me as something Belichick cares about, right? Like yes. whether or not I care about it, I'm like, okay, but there's scheme, there's defense, there's who's you're playing, da da da. But like Belichick likes catchable balls Accuracy. thrown, right? Yeah, and and that was Mac's big selling point coming out of Alabama is he was probably the most accurate quarterback. And I think to me, again, that goes back to what do they want their offense to be? Because on the flip side, Cam's never been a completion percentage uh, no. monster. No, no, no. You know, he he is a take the chance, take some chances more downfield. My arm strength will allow me to attempt fit into tight window throws more than other quarterbacks. And and when I watched Mac Jones, I didn't see that type of arm strength. Right. So, a lot more checking down. Yeah. A lot so, more back in the flat. Obviously, the run, the run, the QB run game would not be there with Matt. Not be the it's going to be, yeah. you know. My big question is, 
what do they want their offense to be? How do they want it to be structured is going to go a long way into who do they kind of want a quarterback? Well, and it's just, they're just so dramatically different, right? Yeah. So like as an offense, you kind of need to get in the swing of things. So how do you really prepare for both at two quarterbacks being completely different this week? There's been rumors that Miami is at the top of the teams in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. If Deshaun Watson can play swapping for Deshaun Watson really does change the interest in that team because of then like, well, then do you swap Tua? Is he in the Watson trade? Are you just done with Tua? You did all this tanking for Tua, right? That was the they Miami did. thing. And now are you just turning it over? Is it because the rebuild went faster than you thought? It's just interesting to me to watch. Uh, I do like what I see out of Tua. I do like the, their draft pick Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. I think that that's a big pickup for them as far as like a, a wiggly guy that creates space. I just... The injury goes up for them to me if they start making those kinds of moves. I don't know that watching this growth project, because they're not trying to win. I mean, they'll win some games this year, but they're not trying to win the Super Bowl this year, right? They're trying to grow into a team that wins it in a couple of years. And that's just not as intriguing to me at this state. Yeah, no. And, and I guess for me, too, is just not that quarterback that in that process, that uh, growth process is as intriguing. Like I could, I'll compare him to like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is just more intriguing to me to watch. To a, is not and it's really I mean because they kind of throw the same you know kind of these dink and dunks RPOs high percentage throws but Kyler just adds a run game where Tua doesn't but right. if they I mean if they traded for Deshaun Watson we'll just operate under he's playing um, mindset like yeah this uh, division jumps up in intrigue the Dolphins jump up in intrigue I mean Deshaun was legitimately top five top three quarterback last year you know so right you know I mean yeah and then you add in. You know, like you said, Waddle's there, uh, Devontae Parker. They got a couple other speedsters at receiver. Um, Gasecki at tight end. Like, their their offense all of a sudden is like, okay, this is pretty good, and we know their defense is um, should be probably the top-level defense. Again, that, yeah, the Dolphins are, are then now, I would say, probably like nipping at the heels at the very least of the Bills and, and pushing the Bills for that division. Um, we did mention the New York Jets. We did mention <laughs> – Sala, we didn't mention, you know, number two overall pick, Zach Wilson. Any intrigue there, or is it just too much of a dumpster fire that you're like, I'll watch in a couple of years, see if they get any better? I put my note, more intriguing in a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> so you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes, exactly. The next division we're going to look at also features a team from New York. The NFC East has the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington football team, which may be on the verge of a new name, but I kind of like football teams. But anyway, it's not it here too. there. And weirdly, the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. So talk to me about your intrigue in the NFC East. So um, I matched them with the AFC East. I gave them a C as well. I'm also sitting at a C, C+. Plus. Uh, I think that there's some health involved in that. Um, so if you're at a C... What do you see as the intriguing lines out of this division? Um, is it take it away? What do you okay, think is okay. intriguing about the division? I think first and foremost comes with to uh, America's team and how's Dak coming back? <laughs> and because the that receiving core on paper is pretty fun, and if Dak is back to normal level, um, you know the offensive line is never going to be what it was when they were like super great with uh, end of Tony's career that started Dak's career. Uh, but if they're if they're pretty good and you got Zeke and um, who's Pollard. also pretty Pollard, yeah, you got um, like that offense can be loads of fun. 
you know, and, and if the defense isn't good, we're, we'll be talking about some high scoring games, which, uh, which will always be interesting. So number one is, is Dak Dak's coming back from injury. And I know he was having some hiccups, right. During the preseason. Yeah. Um, he had a shoulder thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that, I mean, to me, that's number one. Number two is uh, the football team's defense. Uh, can they carry over how dominant they were last year? I mean, they, they carried them to the division title. They gave uh, the Buccaneers a good challenge in round one. And that was with quarterbacks that were uh, hide your eyes because they were, uh, they were <laughs> barely hanging on. I mean, kudos to Alex Smith for coming back from that injury, but it's not like he was playing well, No, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so can, and, and like I said earlier, you know, defenses being able to maintain such high level of play year to year is much more difficult to do than, than the offenses. So if they take a step down, uh, is that enough, you know, is Fitzpatrick enough compared to those other guys? I would argue I'm never betting on Fitzpatrick. So that would be, that would be scary for me. Uh, but I, I am really intrigued to see how the football team's defense, uh, how far they can carry them. Cause I do think that they could carry them to the division title because there's, just so many question marks in this division. It's interesting because I said this the other day. I think the like if you were to do an all division team for every division, you might think the NFC East had the best all division team. Mm-hmm. But because like you have the defensive players you pull from Washington, you take Dak out there, you throw Zeke, you pull some of the receivers. Like you could really put a great team together in this division. You got Saquon Barkley coming back. Um but none of the teams are actually very good. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They, they're just spread out. They're too sparse. They're too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, this intrigue in this division to me comes down to both Dak and Saquon coming back healthy. Uh, I have a little bit of intrigue in the last, I think it was 24 hours. And it was 48 hours. Gardner Minshew got traded to Philadelphia. Yep. Um, I know that's, that's, that's kind of interesting. Because why, why do that if you're all in the Jalen Hurts train? And I like Jalen Hurts. Um, I liked him in the draft when we did a pre-draft yeah, show way I back. That. But I, but yeah, no, it's a very it's uh, it's a it's just weird. It's very weird. And then you mentioned Washington. Washington won the division last year, and frankly, gave Tampa one of their best contests throughout the playoffs. Yeah, um, the only other like, game was the Packers game that was comparable. Right, and. Honestly, with Ryan Fitzpatrick in at quarterback instead of Heineke or whomever, uh, the truth is that game could have gone, oh my God, Washington won this game somehow, or it could mm-hmm. have been like the worst playoff game of all time. Like that still adds a ton <laughs> of variance. Could have hit so many <laughs> three pick sixes. <laughs> it's just oh. wild. Um, and so that's in, that's interesting to watch, but I don't know like, if it's going to be good ball to watch. Uh, the defense is fun. The defense is still going to, the defense is fun to me, except it's going to, beat up on Philadelphia. It's going to beat up on until Saquon's hundred percent New York. Uh, I don't know how much I feel like, like I'm not going to watch me like, this is great. Defense. Like, Oh, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is not scoring any points. Cause they, like, like, it's going to be different. <laughs> right. Um, that defense versus Dallas will be fun. If Dak yeah. is hundred percent and that'll be two games worth watching. I think I, you can call me a homer and rebuttal if you want. I think if Dak's really 100%, they'd run away with this. Like, I think they win this division. And I, I just. You might know the, more about the defense because my, my thing is if Dak is 100% healthy, like, I think that offense is going to. You're looking at one of the best offenses in the league. What de, their defense, how. I know last year um, it was not, not good. It was abysmal. Yeah. It was yeah abysmal. So, so, like, have they done things that you feel like will address that? 
that gives them allows them to at least tread water then i think so weirdly i do think adding michael parsons helps um and then we'll talk some like jalen smith is kind of his own question mark Leighton Vander Esch, when he's healthy, is his own question mark. Uh, mostly because if he's healthy, how long does he get to play until he gets unhealthy? Um, <laughs> I like Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. I think that it's they don't have a lot of help. they didn't have a lot of help behind them last year. And as if you're just two D linemen, it's like how much do you really end up doing? Um, the issue is the guys behind all of them, the secondary, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't mean to badmouth too many of these guys but like trevon diggs being like your top d-back is not a great look <laughs> like, like that's he probably needs to be like your nickel guy right? mm-hmm. like, that's yeah. not that's not good um and so i guess the deal is in that washington game i see them i mean fitz magic could happen but they might only need to score 17 points right like mm-hmm. and so yep. if that's the case i think that offense couldn't score 17 points i don't know yeah um I would say you're a little bit higher on on the Cowboys than I feel, but I mean, I this is one of the you know this division gets brought up a lot, and one of the ones I thought about, and like, yeah, I would have the Cowboys. I would pick the Cowboys as the winner, who I think is is going to win, because uh, yeah, I just I mean, the Giants don't see it at all. The Eagles, I don't don't see it at all right now. So it really just comes down to relying on can the football team defense be that dominant. And I love the football team defense. So do I. I, I no, I like I, I'm all in on football team. So uh, and the, the football. It's funny that it's Washington too because it's like that's no, nobody's example of, uh, of a football team. But, but here they are, the football team. Uh, the last thing I'll say about this division is, I mean, always got to talk about New York. Cool. Is I'm personally intrigued to watch the Daniel Jones ending this year. Uh, I just we, we talked earlier kind of about how uh, Jared Goff. That could be, it can be ugly, but fun. Uh, I think Daniel Jones turns the ball over like it's his job. And that just, that just the, the different ways that that is going to happen this year. Um, To me personally, especially because when they drafted him, I'm like, man, what a, what a dumb reach. And it's fun to laugh at uh, David football Gettleman. So, so just (laughs) that, that ending right there this year that I'm, I'm predicting uh, will, will definitely catch my eye a little bit. As we're diving in. So if, we went from New York team to New York team. We're now going to go from Texas team to Texas team and look at the AFC South. The AFC South has the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Tennessee Titans, formerly Houston Oilers. We're sticking with the Texas motif. A lot of question marks in this division, but I'm going to ask you what your intrigue in it is. D minus. D minus. And honestly, I was this close to giving it an F. So close I, to giving it an F. I'm probably more like a C minus. But you gave it a D minus, Ryan. Mm-hmm. So talk me through what's your thought on it. Like that is that is like sixty percent. Like this is yes. not an intriguing division to you. Um, so two two of the teams I just see as in disarray and irrelevant: Jacksonville and the Texans. I just between uh, everything that's gone on in the last year with the Texans, even excluding um, the. Criminal, criminal civil suit side of the Deshaun Watson stuff, just him wanting out um, the coaching search, this uh, whatever health guru or whoever is in charge of the team now. <laughs> um, like it's just, you know what? And I know it was a kind of a Bill O'Brien, Deandre Hopkins beef, but that, I mean, they traded Deandre Hopkins last year for, I mean, David Johnson, like, come on, what are we doing here? That's not even uh, you would say equivalent <laughs> value. And then Jacksonville. Uh, I, I mean, I look at, 
with Urban coming in, they hired that strength coach from Iowa and immediately fired him. Like, why'd you guys even do this in the first place? Uh, they brought in Tebow, which I thought was, I mean, it was clearly not, not never going to work. And then we watch him block and it's like, yeah, we cannot even have him back in the room. And to me, I'm, <laughs> and I'm just like, what is, what are the other players thinking of their leader, their decision maker who is making these decisions, whether it's him, whether it's the front office. Um, and I just, you know, could Trevor be fine? Yeah. I mean, I think he's, he was a really, really good prospect. Uh, but that's not enough for me to want to tune into a franchise that I think is all over the place. Yeah. I would just say on the Jags that unless they're, unless Trevor is historic level good, Mm -hmm. they strike me very much. Like we talked about the jets. We're like, I'll watch him in a couple years. Exactly. Right. Like, like let them work the kinks out. I'll come back to watching them. Trevor could be good. The urban Meyer thing could work out. I don't know how I feel about herb, but like, like, I'll give it a couple of years before I like invest my Sunday yeah. afternoons watching them a whole lot. I think completely agree. So then you're really getting down to the Titans and the Colts. Um, I'll start with the Colts. I to me they, last year. I know. I mean, I know they were playoff team, but it always just felt like they were like teetering on things are just going right for you. To I think they ended up going like eleven and five last year, but it felt like they that kind of team. They matched up against. Um, better teams. I mean, like they lost to the Steelers in the second half of the year when the Steelers were dropping. Uh, the Ravens went into Indianapolis and I think they beat them by like 10 points, you know, winning 10 points on the road in the NFL, good accomplishment. Um, they did play well against the Bills, but in the playoffs, but I just, that they're losing Philip. Philip Rivers is out. Wentz is in, who I, I saw he just started practicing again the other day, but I, what is Carson Wentz? You know, is that, is that someone that I feel any sense of confidence in. Yeah. And it's, if he's just now coming back, it feels like just a matter of time before he's hurt again. And there's no like knock on him as a quarterback, as a person, except that like the best ability is availability. And mm-hmm. if he's not around, like they're not, I, I'm a big Sam Ellinger guy. I know he just got hurt. It looks like it's not as bad as they initially thought, but like, they're I'm not watching the Colts. Who went to Georgia and Washington, I think would be their other quarterback. Uh, Eason. I think yeah. Eason's the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, T.Y. Uh, Hilton, he's out now. Um, I know they still have, like, Michael Pittman um, and and one of those. But, like, just losing T.Y. Hilton is still going to hurt them. They just had a tackle that tore his ACL. So injuries are kind of biting them. Is the defense going to be – like, it's like, okay, I'm looking at the defense having to carry them again. And their defense isn't a – again, it comes down. Like, if your defense is carrying you, they have to be all world. You know, yeah. and, and the the Colts defense isn't that. So puts a little bit of damper there, which brings us to the Titans, I would say. And the Titans are good, but like are you putting them in the Ravens and Browns territory? I on a talent level, no. On an interest and I like watching the level, I'll watch Derek Henry play football mm-hmm. a lot. Um and so I I think that adding Julio Jones is interesting because I don't know that Ryan Tannehill will maximize Julio Jones in the same way other landing spots for him might have might have been. Um, I do think coverages will shift to Julio and thus maybe open up something for for oh, Derrick Henry. I'm I'm thinking Julio's the number two. I mean, obviously AJ I, Brown's there I too, think, right? I think AJ Brown. But I, but AJ Brown's not better. new, I guess, as I'm looking at the team. Um, so like the coverages that were shifted for AJ Brown with Derrick Henry in the game were already shifted that way. Julio then on the other side of it, right? That's that could be. I, I mean, if you're if if Julio is back to let's say 
90% of what he was at his at his peak. And he's your number two. I mean, you're talking to he's going to be making some big plays. I guess for me, the big thing, because uh, their offense has been, ever since Tannehill took over, was has been phenomenal in the you know last season and a half that he's been there with Henry, you know, the whole everything that they got going. So I'm really interested in how their new offensive coordinator with Arthur Smith gone now. Is this guy able to continue what they had? Or was Arthur Smith and his play calling, scheming, you know, moving people around, was that the catalyst ultimate that took this great set of players and then was able to propel them now into a top five offense? And so losing that part of the puzzle, uh, does that drop them down? Are they a top 10 offense now? And so not just not as explosive, you know, not creating the same kind of both outside zone running lanes and then hitting your boot boot action off of that. When they promoted their own, uh, I think it was a tight end coach, positional coach to the OC. And so you got to think that they will be in the same arena uh, mm-hmm. as far as their offense will go. I, I guess I just look at them and think like there is interest in that. I will all, like Derrick Henry is fun to watch and mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And I'll go watch that. To me, the only other interesting to watch thing this season is what happens with Houston. I don't think Deshaun Watson plays a snap for Houston, right? It doesn't um, seem like it. He might not, based on legal things, get to play this year, right? I mean, uh, he's got 22 cases out against him, and that's a really big number. <laughs> like, like I was just talking to my friend the other day. It's You usually don't have a 22, 22 liars with the same story. <laughs> that's No, that, like a even anyway i'm not some conspiracy theorist uh, there's there are 22 cases out against him i don't think he gets to play a lot of football this year but i guess there's an off the field intrigue and in that like following that unfold will be like something we hear about all year long if he does get traded that'll be something that kind of splashes the news for a while and then will here won't he play in the new home it, it'll be interesting to see but like with the texans i'm not watching Laramie Tunso block for Tyrod Taylor. Like, like that's just not, that's just nope, not the thing not, I'm, I'm watching intriguing. a lot of. Not, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not, it's not intriguing. Uh, I will say uh, just back to the Titans being from the coaching perspective. Uh, I actually do like Mike Frabel and how he manages games. Uh, like to me that, that as, as a former coach, that's an intriguing, you know, what uh, fourth downs is he going for? You know, how aggressive is he being that, that kind of stuff. Um, I always find that interesting. I think he might not be the guy that's always making the right choices, but uh, I, at the very least, respect his uh thinking outside the box type of stuff he's never gonna like follow the protocol he'll always do what he thinks like he'll do something different and see what Mm -hmm. happens yeah Uh, no so and so that i mean that just makes you know those little decisions in the game make it a little bit more interesting as well and so if we look at that last division the afc south as like a team that has or a division that has one interesting team I think that's also where this next division is going to land. Uh, we're going to look at the AFC West. Ryan, give us your grade on intrigue in the AFC West. Um, so I'm going to give him the grade you gave the AFC South. I'm going C minus. So I'm again at like a D here, I think. And I okay. think that's really, I could get talked up to a C minus based on how you want to grade these things, I guess, but mm-hmm. I'm sitting pretty low on these as well. So Ryan, you went C minus on the chiefs. Or, sorry, C minus on the AFC West. So what you're saying is it really is just about them. Yeah, but it really is about the Chiefs. So talk us through it. Are the only reason they passed because they have a guy named Patrick Mahomes in the division? Uh, yeah. Yeah, actually. Because like one of my criteria was uh, kind of playoff Super Bowl contention. And the Chiefs are up there for Super Bowl contention. So um, because of that, you know, I'm always 
always intrigued with what he's doing, what their overall offense is doing. I mentioned earlier, I love Tyron Matthews. So uh, what he can do, I, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, I will say their defense last year, really, really liked watching them um, and just what their scheme was and how they utilized three safeties. So kind of nerd aspect on that. Uh, just right. love watching, kind of watching them there. But yeah, it's just the, the lack of, of challenging. It, it's kind of like that Bills, uh, the AFC East division. You know, it's like they got they got this team that I feel real good about. They got a quarterback and an offense and a defense that, that are very fun to watch. And then the other teams, it's just like, I mean, you just got a lot of flaws that like the foot, the level of football is not going to be consistently very good. The level of football is poor and there's not other interests, right? Like it's not just that the Chargers aren't great. It's that I don't feel like passionate about watching year two of the Justin Herbert experience. Like he's fine. Right. Like, but it's kind of like Zach Wilson. I'll watch him when they get good and put people around him. Um, Austin Eckler is fine, but frankly, as a running back, is he there for the duration of the Justin Herbert experience? Right. Like I, I think that that's why I'm low on this division. If we got like a a spotlight cam on Keenan Allen, just running routes that, that (laughs) might up my level of intrigue of the chargers a little bit. The only, the only addendum, I guess I would say is that, if you need me to pass this as a student for you to watch the Chiefs play football, if you're that guy, then I will pass it because you should absolutely always watch Patrick Mahomes exactly. play football, right? Like, yes. like at the end of the day, he really is that special and that that good. Are you are you at all tuning in? Is there any interest from you in watching Teddy Two Gloves and Melvin Gordon line up in the backfield for Denver? Like, is there some resurgence there? I don't see it coming, but I, you also are much more analytical about this than I. Am. Uh, no, I mean, everything points to they're going to be relying on their defense and like hoping Teddy Two Gloves is like solid and not making mistakes. Uh, not that intriguing on that, you know. And I've seen like something, you know, because like when the Rodgers uh, trade talks were coming out and it was like, oh, Denver. And if he goes to Denver, they're, they're a Super Bowl contender. And I'm like, yeah, only because Aaron Rodgers is there. So if he's not there, then <laughs> are they, you know, then are they even a playoff contender? So. Right. I mean, I'd say I'd be more interested in the Raiders uh, just because I do think that their offense can can do some explosive things. I'm not a Derek Carr fan, though, so that just knocks, <laughs> it, knocks it down a little bit for me. And then their defense is uh, – well, last year was horrible. And so it's like – you know, they're kind of the flip side of the Broncos. One has a great, a really good defense and an offense where I'm like, mm, then the flip side – really good offense defense that makes me uh, not really want to watch them play. So, you know, it's just like, you're not watching any kind of complete football games there. And that to me is always an intriguing thing as well. Yeah. Bridgewater have to have, I went back and looked at the number, what year it was in 2015. He was a all-star pro bowler. You know what he threw, he threw for 3,200 yards on 65% completion. If Teddy Bridgewater went to that level of Teddy Bridgewater before all of these injuries and so on, or, you know, the Heisman, run or whatever like then i guess i would watch them i just don't see that happening at this stage of his career he's uh, he's got to be much more of a game manager now um and it's not that you know obviously we talked about tom brady earlier earlier he's 44 now and teddy is about to turn 29 it's not that he's too old he's been through so much right that like i just don't see him having that resurgence yeah no i i agree uh yeah it's just it's tough to get excited i mean you, t- you touched on Herbert earlier. I, I mean, I think his gunslinger nature is pretty funny. He was better last year than than I thought. 
Uh, but what if what if last year was like his jump out of the gate? He is the same or a little bit worse this year, and then makes a jump his third year. If he's the same or a little bit worse this year, that's not that's not really grabbing grabbing me in, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so yeah, like I'll watch these teams because I'll watch Patrick Mahomes, and so I'll watch when he plays them. But <laughs> whoever like, he's I mean, playing, yeah. I don't know. Am I watching Chiefs Broncos? Probably not. If there's another good game on. You know, I might like tap into it, but yeah, I might watch uh, Chiefs Raiders just to see how mm-hmm. many points Mahomes scores. Um, yep. But I don't know that I would watch Chargers Raiders, right? Like, like I like you know, I'm kind of the opposite. I Maybe. would probably watch whatever the Chiefs game is, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I'm watching the other divisional game. Oh yeah, I don't. I mean, am I am reason. I throwing on Broncos Chargers? No, I'm not gonna. No, no I it's just not happening. I don't know. I don't know why. I'd be like they, they put that on Thursday night, they could just count me out. Like I won't watch that game. <laughs> yeah, I can like actually have a leisurely Thursday night. All exactly. Of a um, exactly. I guess I could, I haven't had a fa- I haven't had my fancy draft, so maybe I'll end up with like Josh Jacobs as the guy. Like maybe I have mm-hmm. him on one of my fancy teams or something and really need him. But outside of that, I doubt I'm doing a lot of tuning in. Yeah, agreed. All right, and wrapping up, Ryan, new writer to belly up. So obviously, people can check out your written work there. You also mentioned you have another show that you do, I guess, fairly regularly, although you took a little bit of a summer vacation. Talk us through your other show. Uh, where can people find that? Yeah, so you can find it on – we're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Google uh, Podcasts. It's called The Coastal Connection. Uh, it's myself and two guys I used to coach with in Texas named The Coastal Connection because one was actually coaching in Victoria at the time, which is, for all you Texas people, know that it's right on the coast. And then I live up in the Bay Area – and my, our other buddy lives in Los Angeles. So we legitimately are touching two of the coasts. Uh, and actually one of the only guests that we ever had on, he came, he came to us from Boston. So at one point we touched all three coasts of, of the country. Uh, so yeah, I mean, mostly we talk football because that's our background. I mean, two of them are still, they're coaching high school football. So um, we'll dive in to, to football and we'll, we'll even kind of break down. I think like this last week, we were kind of talking about the use of analytics and, uh, and and kind of how coaches use that and you know really it's just breaking down tendencies things that we've been doing for a long time uh so it, it's don't actually, tell people that when i say analytics in my resume they think i'm really smart <laughs> it's, it's it's not too scary people uh, it's not it's not trying to break the game or change the game and so yeah we do that we put out episodes once a week we'll talk you know nba other things going on in sports um as well sometimes we dive into uh, just college athletics in general um so yeah catch us on the three the three main apple spotify and uh, google that's the coastal connection and again connection. ryan is also the coastal connection because it's by coastal but not the kind you're thinking of exactly it, <laughs> it's uh it's also interesting you see ryan's written work you said you put out your first piece of the day on joel Embiid, so go check that out on bellyupsports.com yep. uh, and i'm sure there'll be more there's always a little bit different take with Ryan. So I'm sure there'll be more as football and basketball season get more underway. <laughs> we dive in a little bit more. Um, I, I do try and, yeah, I do try and look at things from a different, there's so many people writing in the market that, uh, you know, you're always trying to put a little bit of your own spin on it. Also, this is back to back weeks. We've had an Occidental alumnus on the show. So <laughs> Oxy is taking over the game though. I, I think that uh, the, the intrigue, between me and Mirren, I think last week's episode might <laughs> might have a little bit more uh, more sway, but but that's okay. She's doing uh, she's doing great and representing us well, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Although football, we always get a football bump, so we'll see. Ya. Okay, that's why we <laughs> threw the Cowboys in people, and, and we, uh, we we had to make sure that uh, we we get that bump for sure. 
after. All right. Well, take care, Ryan. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and good luck with the writing and the rest of the podcast, man. Thanks, Parker. Thanks for having me on. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Friends, did you make it through an entire NFL preview? Shout out to Ryan for coming on to talk every single division in the NFL. Check out his stuff on BellyUpSports.com. He's one of our newest writers. He's got an article up on Joel Embiid and is currently cranking one out on J.R. Smith going back to college. Shout out to Ryan again. Thank you for coming back on. If Ryan's hoop stuff is more what you're into or you're just more of a hoops fan, this week we have a very special edition of the Midweek Midrange. We'll be looking at deep dives into watching film and film study, and, and I'll leave it at that. That show can be found at Midweek Midrange on Instagram and Twitter, and it's on YouTube live and Twitter as well, 9 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday nights. As for myself, you can find all the things I'm up to on Twitter and Instagram at Painsworth 512 that's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H 512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be sure to post all the various things I do, things I'm on, and of course the L's I take on something like sneakers. This show is on Twitter at FNSports2, that's at F-I-N-S-P-O-R-T-S number two, all one word on Twitter. Be sure to find us there. We're also on Instagram. We're at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and do all the wonderful things like like, download, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. But whatever you do, make sure you remember one thing. Don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.